1: That's chumbacasino.com.
0: No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
2: Hello and welcome to After Extra Time. I'm your host once again. It's Greeny. And again, I'm just joined with one other host. And that is again, Jacko. How I'm all there, right, mate. Um...
1: Yeah,
2: I think Ali... Uh, I think Jack, mate, his eye didn't make
1: a Well, yeah. I, he <laughs> moans that he hosts the international breaks, but it's the only chance he can have a chat about football and not get wound up that Derby lost. So, why he's not turned <laughs> up today, I don't know. Uh, no, bless. no. You'll
2: is as yeah, good as thanks. mine. Um, <laughs> yeah, but, um, yeah, so, yeah, it's just me and Jacko today. I'm going to kick it straight in, mate. Um, so, let's talk about, before I go to internationals, yeah. Jacko, what I do want to talk about is, again, Jack's team yeah. Derby. Eventually, Kaku's been sacked. We've said it's been on the cards for a while. Is it a chance now for Wayne Rooney to take te- the shoes and um, step in, or do you feel he won't?
1: It's got to be his decision, I think. Um, if if Derby want to go down that route, then, you know, obviously that, that door is available. Obviously, Jack, the week before, was obviously talking about... Um, the potential for Derby's takeover to be to be completed. So, yeah, if, if that's on the cards, do they want Rooney there, or are they going to bring in a bigger name, managerial name wise, um, and has have sort of Rooney as a player assistant manager instead of player coach, that way, and he can sort of shadow and get better ideas, um, which probably makes a bit more sense because I think if you, you're going to want to try and keep Derby up and. If, if you see Rooney as an integral part of your playing staff, you want him to focus on being a player and not being a player coach.
2: Yeah, I mean, after international break, mate, from what I'm gathering it's going to be Wayne Rooney and Shay Gibbon who are going to take charge yeah, of Yeah, I mean, that's
1: not a bad sort of backroom staff. You know, they've got a ton of experience at the sort of Premier League and international level, the pair of them. Um, and you sort of see them you know, in coaching or management further on down the line. Um, it's just whether or not Rooney's prepared to sort of do it for the rest of the season or he's just doing it until January when, you know, the window comes open and they can have a new manager come in. Or it is just until the takeover is completed. Yeah, obviously, you don't know. Um, but regardless, I think Derby are in a um, a plummeting situation. That, that they need to get sorted out very, very quickly.
2: Yeah, I mean, do you feel if, if um, Wayne does step into the shoes, you you won't see him play as much? Or do you still feel Um Wayne, so? I don't
1: think he'll play him as much, um, you know, going back from personal experience, seeing Dennis Wise at Millwall. He, you know, McGee brought him in and he was a player. And then sort of at the start of the 2003-2004 season, he becomes sort of a player coach, but he was still heavily involved in the starting eleven. When McGee left, um, obviously he had Ray Wilkins with him, and so he sort of he played some of the games. He'd then sit on the bench and manage for the others, um, and then go from there. Really, so it's it's going to be hit and miss. But again, it's all down to what Rooney wants to do. Um, it's, I think Rooney's, yeah. I, you know, I think Rooney's out there to to prove a point to people. So, he may just he, he may want to sort of take it on the back burner a bit and just coach for a bit and see how he gets on.
2: Yeah, I mean, it'd be, it's interesting times for Derby fans. I'm sure mm. Jack would agree. Um, so, it will be interesting after the international break. But let's move on to about the internationals, yeah. Jacko. Um, first of all, before I start with the internationals, I just want to show respect to um, Ray Clements, who's uh, yeah. passed away at the age of 72.
1: Yeah, which is yeah very it's very news. surprising. Um you know, with everything that's going on this year, it's all sort of, mm. you just don't expect it, I suppose. Um, so yeah, it's a very, it's a, it's a shame to to see that news this afternoon. And I know it's very unlikely that they'd be listening to this, but you know, our, our thoughts are out there for for Ray and his family and or Ray's family, and and hope they they cope as well as they can. Yeah,
2: yeah, same here as well. Um, right, moving on to some better news for some Scotland mm. fans. The qualified date yeah. for the Euros. Did you watch, no, did you watch I didn't. the game?
1: No, um, it shows how much interested I'm in Scottish football and Scottish, you know, potential <laughs> qualification for Scotland. But, you know, it's you'd like to see the home nations get involved in the major tournaments as often as possible. So, you know, seeing them yeah. reaching the, the first major tournament. Since '98 is amazing. Um, I hope I'm not, I, I was talking to my um, other half about this either, the other day, and I just said I, I hope, I hope that Corona is gone by the time the Euros come round. Because if if Scotland are there at a major tournament and their fans can't attend, it's going to be devastating. Um, and I, I just hope that by that point we're sort of back to how it was. Pre COVID last year, and we've got fans in the stadium because the the Scots will love it. Guarantee it. I don't think there'll be a, a sober sober Scots Scottish football fan around for about three weeks in June next year. Um, so yeah, so fair play to them. And you know, I think Steve Clark's done a good job. Um, I know we sort of mocked about the fact that you know Scotland went nine games. I know they lost tonight against <laughs> Slovakia. They went nine games and beaten in, yeah. in, I think, the majority of the competitions that they played. So, you know, they have shown an incredible sort of rise in form. Um, I think a lot of their players that probably would have been part of Scottish squads that didn't do so well a couple of years ago have now got sort of first-team experience at a sort of higher league level, and so they're stepping into those those roles now. I mean, you look at the likes of McGinn, Robertson, Griffiths, mm. um, to, to name a few, they're sort of big, big names now um, for Scottish football. So you sort just hope that it continues for a while. And I think Steve Clark's done a, an incredible job there.
2: Yeah, well, I totally agree. I mean, how do you think they're fair in the group now with England, Czech Republic, and to put me on the spot, Who's the other one? Croatia. Um, it's a tough Daniel, group. In that group.
1: You it's Daniel a tough group. Um, you'd have to favour England and Croatia. Um, I think looking at past, you know, especially from the World Cup, you'd have to look at those two. Um, I, I, you could.
2: I mean. Scotland like to draw yeah. a load of games, don't they? I mean, they drew the last two, mate, to get through the yeah. one on penalties. I, obviously, I don't feel draws no, have and I think qualify ha- I think you have knockouts. to look at
1: on paper. England squad is is far superior to Scotland's, um, but you know, mm. I know that the Euros next year is is chopping and changing cities. So I don't know if Scotland are actually involved in in hosting one or not, but.
0: They are, yeah, yeah, so, they've got Hamden yeah, Park. yeah, so if games. they can
1: get the England game at Hampden Park, I, I think they'd love it. Um, and they might, they might.
2: For what they've said, mate, is um, Scotland's playing at Wembley, and then Scotland have got Croatia at Hampden. Right.
1: Okay. So yeah, so yeah, it's going to be big for them if they can nick a result. Um, I think if they can finish sort of best of the rest in that group, I think they'll be chuffed with that. Mm.
2: Yeah, and moving on to, obviously, mm. Northern Ireland. Unfortunately, they no. didn't make it. They got knocked out by Slovakia and yeah. beat Scotland tonight. I mean, I was hoping Northern Ireland went through as well. Like you say, all yeah. the home nations in, but I just don't feel their squad, Jacko, to me, is, no, is, is good it's, enough to compete at that it's sort It's of a level. young
1: squad, from what I understand. Um, uh, it's sort of young in terms of international caps. Um, I think they always seem to struggle with goal scorers um, and creating opportunities. I think they've always sort of been a team that's relied heavily on defensively sound and sort of utilising set pieces um, to sort of create their chances. I know Michael O'Neill did really, really well with them um, to get them to, I think it was Euro 2016. Um, mm. And it just, that when you saw them there, it looked a bit, of a, of a, a step too far for them. Um, but as you, you know, I think we've sort of discussed on it, the talent pool in Northern Ireland is minute compared to the likes of England. Um, so, you know, they, yeah. they have to nurture these, these kids and hope they get spotted by the sort of big Premier League championship clubs and, and hopefully can be developed into players that can take that national side forward. Um, you know, I'm not quite sure how they're getting on tonight, but you sort of hope that they can sort of be there or thereabouts for qualification mm. again for the World Cup. Um, yeah, it was. would. be nice, wouldn't
2: it? I mean, also, mate, I'm just going to touch on Wales as well. I mean, they drew nil-nil the other night to the USA. Not the best of results, but obviously, again, manager lost Wales at the minute with Giggs, he obviously yep. suspended from his role. Do you feel that's a massive hit for Wales not having duty um, there, or do you feel it's just a friendly game, nothing to play for? I, I think What's they have to take
1: it seriously. Um, yeah, I, the the gigs thing I think may be a an issue, um, but this is where the sort of the sort of leaders in that dressing room now have to sort of stand up and be accounted, and sort of say, right, this is we we need to make sure we're not shown to be hung over from the fact that Giggs has been suspended we have to prove a point we have to prove why we're, we're good enough to wear the, the red shirt and we have to go out there and, and send a message that you know we are still there and, and still dangerous so it's going to be a tough game um, but I, I think I'd, I'd fancy Wales in it um, but you've just got to hope that the players come out with the right mentality for the game do you feel Wales
2: Wales have more of a chance than Scotland, Jacko, when it comes to the Euros? Um,
1: it, do, again, does it I depend think on A it depends as on the well? group, and B it depends if they can keep all of their key players fit. I know we had a Facebook live, and um, DP messaged us, and he was talking about Wales and and the mm. sort of injuries that they had at the time, and it's a significant list that that the Wales that the Welsh players were missing at the time. So. Yeah, if, if they can keep all of their key players fit, um, I, I think they'll do a lot better than Scotland. But again, it's it's the, the luck of the draw as well. Um, if they can get a couple of reasonably easier ties than, than expected, then yeah, I think they've got a good chance.
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, before I move on to a, talking about another international side, I'm just looking mm. at the group stages here, Jack. Yeah. I want to get your opinions on each group. So, uh, so in Group A, we've got Turkey, Italy, Wales and Switzerland. I mean, what, what uh, two there would take your eye to... Progress? You'd have
1: to look at Italy and Wales, I think. I think I, I can definitely see them getting a result against Turkey. Switzerland may be a bit of a tougher one. Um, I know that obviously they, they progressed, I think, to the last 16 of the World Cup. Um, so... Yeah you know, Switzerland aren't ones to be sort of underestimated. Um but I think you'd have to look at Italy as being group favourites for that.
2: Yeah, definitely. I think I have to agree. Um mm. moving on to group B, which I find is a bit more difficult group myself, is Denmark, Finland, Belgium and Russia. Yeah. Um no I I think I think three Yeah of the four definitely. I don't think Russia showed
1: how good they can be, you know, they, they performed in front of their home crowds at the World Cup. Denmark have got a good side, even if they were sort of quite lacklustre when they played us the other week. Um, Belgium, yeah. I think Belgium have got to be one of the top teams for the Euros this year. They really have to be. Um, so if, if Belgium would have to look at getting some sort of maximum points out of that group, um, I, I really do think that I, I do think they're up there with the likes of France, um the the mm. likes of I would say Germany. I think Germany is still a good side, um, especially with some of the younger talent that's coming through now. Um so yeah, I, I would expect those those three to, to be up there by the end.
2: I mean Finland, would you what do you make of their chances? I mean obviously one name yeah. that stands out to me is Pookie. From Norwich, but I, I, I don't think they're yeah, going to. Yeah, I, I think if, if Finland
1: can finish third, that's a good tournament for them. It really, really is. Um, yeah. If anything above that is is miraculous, in my opinion, I don't think Finland are going to advance into the next round. But then again, if if they're changing the format, you know, where they changing how many more teams qualify, so there is a potential chance for them to go through. So we'd have to see. But yeah, I, I think I certainly think it'd probably be along the lines of Belgium, then Denmark or Russia, and then Finland.
2: Yeah, Group C is a good one. Um, obviously, North Macedonia done an upset and they're, mm-hmm. they're qualified, which is great for them. Uh, but in their group, they've got a tough group actually. They've got Austria, Ukraine, yeah. and Netherlands in that. Um, very tough Group C, that. Yeah, I, I think. I mean, ne- Netherlands are not the same squad for me since um, no, Koeman's but gone. I think
1: with with they the, the players that they've yeah on paper that Dutch side is a very strong one. Um, so you you sort of think that they they turn up for the Euros? Um, who were the other teams in that group? Sorry. Yeah, you've got
2: uh, Ukraine, Austria. Yeah, and see, I think it's
1: um a pick of the rest. To be honest, uh, I think. Austria have yeah. got a couple of decent players. So have Ukraine. Um, so yeah, it's a bit tougher. But I definitely see Netherlands. I, I, I would expect to see Netherlands at the top of that table by the end of the group stages. Yeah, while well, we're on Netherlands,
2: it was obviously mm. played in the uh, in midweek. Aki's yeah. gone off injured after four minutes. It's got to be a big yeah, blow for is, old Pep Guardiola at
1: I'm surprised they would have played him, to be honest, the fact that he'd been out injured for quite a period of time at Man City. And, you know, I still maintain that Pep's best back four will be Walker, Diaz, Laporte and Ake. But obviously Ake is is showing
0: Mm.
1: the reasons why, you you know, he was, you know, I think he had a good season at Bournemouth, but obviously that big injury at the end, sort of hampered it. And I think that's going to come back to buy him. I think that he's going to have a bit of a, a a tough season. I think there's going to be a few injuries there. Um, So it's going to be a case to see if they can sort of get him through to the end of the season. Um, Especially if Van Dijk's not going to be there for the the Dutch, that's going to be a big blow for them. So they're going to need sort of experience at the back to sort of bring him up. But, you know, you've got the there. Ake If he's fit, uh, you got blind. Um, you got blind. So there's there's a few there that you'd expect to sort of cover, um, but I would have thought, yeah, I would have thought Ake would be would be desperate or would be integral for that Dutch side this summer.
2: Yeah, I mean, moving on to Group D, I know we yeah. spoke about this group um, previously: is England, Croatia, Scotland, and Czech. Let's just touch on a bit about England. Yeah, we played Republic of Ireland. I thought they
1: played
0: yeah.
2: really well. Green um, was phenomenal. I'd say, well, I'd have to say... Um, what what did you make game. Of that game?
1: Uh, personally, I would have expected us to do that anyway. Um, the The Irish, the Republic of Ireland side isn't what it used to be. Um, again, it's one of those... I think Simon Simon Cox talks about it the other week where, again, that's a very inexperienced side for sort of national level. Um, but, you know, it was good to see Greenish start and put in a good performance. Maguire looked a lot better. Sancho looked good. Um, you know, so there's... There was positives to be had for sure. Obviously, tonight's going to be such a big game. Um, you'd like to think that they'd give Belgium um, a, a run for their money tonight. Um, would I see in Belgium as well? Ooh, would you really see Belgium... Dropping points at home to England, maybe. Um, yeah, I could probably see a draw, and that would probably be the be- best result to get, to be honest.
2: Yeah, I, f- I think, like you say, mm. it depends what team turns up for both sides, mate. I mean, from from the team South Cape pulled out against Ireland, can you still see that being the same, um, or can you see the likes of uh, the bigger names? I definitely Australia feel
1: keep Greenish like in there. Um, I, I know people are sort of. Mm. 50-50 about him whether or not he should be in an England shirt. You know, the the perform- some of the performances for Villa this season have been very, very good. Um, at times, England have lacked that creative spark um, in a sort of very defensive-minded uh, si- system. So perhaps Grealish playing would um, give them that option. Um, if it would work, you know, how would it work with Sterling? Would he play? Sterling on the uh, sort of a natural right side and, and Grealish on the left, or do they play Grealish out of position on the right hand side, or do they go two up top with Grealish sitting behind Kane and potentially Sterling up front or Rashford? Um, it'd be interesting to see, um, but I, I do feel that they need to have some sort of creative spark in the middle of, of, of that midfield um, to sort of help transition yeah. from the, the wing-backs going forward and and Kane up front.
2: Yeah, I couldn't agree, but the, what I'm trying to work out, mate, and uh, maybe you can answer it, yeah. is obviously Pope kept a clean sheet. Uh, do, you, do you feel he'll stay in tonight's game? I, you personally, you keep in. i, I don't
1: have an issue with Pope. I, uh, me and my, my dad had an heated, heated argument about this a um, few weeks back about who would be better in goal at the moment, Pope or Pickford. Mm. Um, I feel there's there's a few questions mm. with regards to Pickford's mentality um, at the minute, so I'd definitely go with Pope. I, I know Pope's part of a bad Burnley side, but I think with Burnley's issues, it's more going forward and getting goals than it is at the back. I think since Ben Mee's come back, they've looked at a, a lot more solid. So, yeah, I'd, I'd keep Pope in, to be honest. Mm. Yeah, I think I would, but I think. Yeah, it wouldn't, sur- it wouldn't surprise me. It's, the looks, it? Obviously, the friendly was on Wednesday or Thursday. Um, it's a Nations League game tonight, so he's probably going to want his strongest 11. So it would almost certainly mean the likes of Grealish, he doesn't start. He'd have Sancho on the right with Sterling down the left with Kane up top. Um, and it would be uh, Pickford in goal rather than Pope. Does Mings stay in this well, spot? Uh, there's or not no, a lot again, of options there, really, because uh, I think Joe Gomez picked up a niggle. Uh, so I'd probably go with the back three yeah. of Walker, Maguire, and, and Mings. Um, you yeah. know, I thought Mings, Mings did well yeah. against Republic of, of Ireland, obviously, uh, from the set piece. He helped set up the first goal, mm. which, to be fair, was a clever little bit of play. Mm. So, And oh, I've never sort of really. Seen why Ming shouldn't be in that starting eleven for England. To be honest, I think he's a very, very good centre back. Um, so yeah, I, I, it'd be nice to see him in his eleven tonight. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um,
2: moving on, let's move on to Group E. It's more of an interesting group. We've got in there Spain, yeah. Sweden, um, Poland, and Slovakia.
1: Pretty much all the S's. Um,
2: <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. Yeah.
1: Yeah, to in Spain definitely Spain there, Jacko Sweden maybe Poland if they can get Lewandowski firing mm. and to be fair the guy is just a out and out goal machine at the minute so you know I, I think he'd be um, good I, I, I'd i sort of back him to be golden boot uh, for the tournament uh, mm. And to Slovakia, yeah, Slovakia have done well to qualify. Uh, I think they may; it may be a bit too much for them. But then we 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 say this, but you you know, we look at Iceland. Iceland didn't expect it but they did. Um, Wales, yeah. even in their first tournament for God knows yeah. how long, you know, up until they met Ronaldo's Portugal, they looked pretty much a good side for potentially winning it. So yeah. Um, I'm not going to say Slovakia are going to win it or get to the semi-finals but I just think you know we, <laughs> yeah we can sort of underestimate yeah, them now but if they start turning up in these games in the group stages you sort of got to sit there and think well yeah. Yeah. is that to be expected so yeah. but yeah, no, no sure I was just going to say I, but mean, I, I, I definitely we, see Spain on. and maybe Poland finishing the top two of that group
2: Yeah, I have to agree on that group as well. I mean, this is the best group for me. Group F is Germany, France, Portugal
0: and Hungary. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I I think Hungary are are just sat there and
1: they're just sort of shaking their heads going, why have we not got um, (laughs) the Czech Republic group or something like that? (laughs) Because, you know, Portugal, I think I've I've forgotten about Portugal, to be honest. Um, I think it's probably Ronaldo's last Euros. Um, if not last major European tournament. He's on yeah. his you know, he's desperate to get that those, those records or break through whatever records he can. Um, I if you can't have three teams qualify for it from a group, I, one of those are going to be really hard done by. Um, I could hmm. I could, I know I said it earlier that I could see him winning it, but if they get, don't get good results against France and Portugal. I could see Germany going out, to be honest. Um, yeah, yeah. A prediction we'll for seven months later. Um, <laughs> watch, watch Germany lose and get knocked out. I could sit there and go, I was right. Um, yeah, that one is definitely going to be too tough to call. I, I think the easiest prediction is that Hungary are going to be bottom.
0: Um,
1: if they... Yeah.
2: Could you predict that one of them three, Jacko?
1: Yeah, I could see all three of them winning Spain. it. Um, I think France. I think if France can play mm. as well as they did in the World Cup, I think they they might have their sort of generation like Spain did in the early noughties. sort of that. Well, mid noughties sort of 2008, 2010, where they were sort of winning everything. Um, yeah, so okay. I could see, certainly see it being France's time this turn.
2: Do you, do you put them three in front of the likes of Belgium and England?
1: Um, or not? I think if you were to look at sort of six of them, I'd probably go France, Germany, Belgium, Portugal, England, Italy, Spain. Um hmm. Yeah, I'd probably have to go with that, to be fair. To be fair, there's a lot of teams, but but again, we say this every time, I think the Euros or World Cup come round, there's sort of seven or eight teams that you'd expect them to be there at the end. And if they're not, it's a massive shock. Um, Mm. I I think Germany, attack-wise, have got some really, really good players. Nabry, Werner, Havertz, you know, I don't know if not, Royce will, will, will play one more tournament or if he's going to be picked by Lau. Um, France, you've got Mbappe, you've got Kante, you've got Coman, you've got... Um, I think There's a few there as well. So, yeah, it's... Seven months out, it's too tough to call, but I certainly see one of those sort of seven or eight winning it, I think.
2: Yeah, I think I agree with that, mate. To be honest with you, there. Um, let's move on from that to uh, mm. another story. What's going to kill Liverpool fans is uh, Mo Salah. Yeah. He's, he's now obviously got COVID nineteen. That's a major hit for yeah,
1: obviously Egypt. And I, I think it's come at sort of more, a favourable time of the international break. Personally, um, I think obviously he's got self lost. So I think it's for mm. ten or fourteen days. So you know, it's likelihood that he'll miss a Champions League game and two Premier League games. Um, I think with the way that is playing, I don't think it will be that much of an issue. I think Yoss will just slot in where, on that side, and I think, you know, it'll be business as usual. Um, I, I definitely think they'll want him back as soon as possible, though. Mm. Mm.
2: obviously yeah because they've got a Leicester up next yeah. a massive game right, really Leicester at the top think. of the table it's... yeah, yeah, yeah. So but I do you not think the Liverpool. way the
1: Otters played over the last sort of couple really of weeks do. that they could sort of cope without Salah for a couple of games
2: yeah they probably could to be fair to you yeah I don't think it'd be a major miss a major miss like you said at the minute cause yeah yeah football. definitely it's, it's a big name in in, in football terms to, to have uh, uh,
1: you know lose it. Yeah, like Leicester, riding think, around. its a massive name for the I, I think as well, if it was to sort it of have over, a hit on us, hectic uh, Christmas period. Oh no, saying that they, had a, they they have their break, don't they? So maybe not. Um, yeah, I think it coming at an international break is probably helpful for them. Um, I think had it been just after an international break, with Champions League going and, and League Cup and all that sort of stuff it would have been more problematic. Uh, excuse me, but, yeah, for, for, for the fact that it was done during yeah. the international break, I think it will be OK for them.
2: Yeah, I agree, mate. Um, another one is, mm. obviously, Scotland qualified for the Euros, mate. And it yeah. the Scottish FA £8.3 million for them qualified.
0: Yeah,
2: I mean, obviously, that's a major amount of money for the Scottish League. Well, how much would I invest into the? If, if they had sense,
1: and... they'd invest it at a grassroots level. If they really had any sense, they'd invest it at a grassroots mm. level. Um, I think, yeah, I think with them, as as we've talked about it before, I think Scotland, the Republic of Ireland, Northern Ireland, and Wales, for the the fact that their catchment areas are so so much smaller compared to England, I think they need to improve from the ground up mm. and and sort of get these kids spotted earlier, you know, hopefully help them get developed into sort of potential Premier League championship quality players, um, and and sort of hopefully encourage the next sort of generation of, of kids in Scotland to sort of progress further with it.
2: Yeah, it'd be nice, wouldn't it? Um, or, yeah, or, or I think, put it into academies I,
1: I or you know develop let the let lower leagues. come out of the game. I, I really, really do. I, I think the outside of the S, SPL, SPL, the the calibre of teams aren't that great, and I, I think you have to sort of develop players within sort of lower reaches of that to sort of get picked by these teams to sort of develop their quality going forward. And then obviously it helps by if they pick up two or three of those and they get to buy Liverpool or Arsenal or Man City for sort of four or five million, then that develops the club's infrastructure there, which means that they can then probably get better research scouting um, areas for their Knowledge and picking up better players and picking up those traits, and then it's sort of snowballing from there. I think that's the best way to do it. Um Yeah, but if if it just goes into the sort of top flight of Scottish football, I just I just see it as a waste of money. I really really do. Yeah, I couldn't agree more.
2: To be honest with you, mate. Yeah. But let's move moving on from Scotland again. Now, I want to move across to um, obviously, there's another yeah. record broken in the uh, Nations League, and that was uh, the Spain captain. He took over um, Buffon's record well, for most international caps by a European yeah. player, Wow! which is Sergio Ramos. Yeah, uh, wow. he has 100, 177 caps, um, but yeah, he played against Switzerland, Jacko, missed two penos. <laughs> yeah. I mean,
0: what, what what do you make of um, Ramos as a player? You know, explain to me what you... Oh, recommend. gotcha.
1: Is, yeah, he's there, one of those players you taste? love to Ooh. hate. He's just, it's a centre-half. You know what you're going to get from Ramos. He's going to be one of those niggly, annoying centre-backs that just frustrate you minute one. Um, you know, the, what he's done for Real Madrid, what he's done for Spain is phenomenal and he's been a massive servant of both club and country there. Um, and yeah, definitely, I, I would have liked to have seen him in the Premier League in maybe his prime years. Um, uh, I think that would have been fun, uh, especially when PK was coming through as well. You know, if you'd had those two at United instead of instead of some of the centre backs that you've seen, maybe things might have been different. But yeah, um, he's he's definitely. I think Millwall fans would love him. They, they'd hate him if he was on the opposite team, but they'd love him he'd they, probably be something similar to like Kevin Muscat just not necessarily as psychotic as Kevin was but definitely um, a hard-hitting centre-half that wouldn't give any take any shit from any player I think
2: yeah I mean I just feel a bit, yeah. with Ramos he's um, a bit rash
1: yeah, and I think he's had a fair but, few reds in his I think with those sort of centre-backs, <laughs> you always will do. Um, Pepe was the same. Um, you know, mm. you, you just you will have them at times. Um, and I, I just think for the way that Spanish football and how passionate Spani- Spani- Spaniards are about football over there, it's, yeah, he's always going to be one little fire the crowd up, get them going. Yeah. Um, Definitely up for the big games, um, so yeah, yeah, he's been a great servant for for Real Madrid and for Spain.
2: Yeah, I've got a little bit of club club news. I'm trying yeah, to yeah. just waver a little, a few things, so we can keep swapping yeah. and changing. But let's go, let's go to club news for a minute. So uh, Mourinho's been okay. suspended one match European ban. Um, I don't know if that would, you know. Uh, how that will affect um, Spurs, but yeah, they deem Mourinho responsible for Spurs' late kickoff in the European okay. group stage match against Royal Antwerp. Do you feel that will have a... a no, a I don't think it'll Spurs be fine. Do I, really I don't like see qualified...
1: Spurs not going through their group. I, I think Spurs have been... Spurs have looked very good at times. Other times, they've looked pretty poor. But, yeah, I, I think... Mourinho, whatever Mourinho's doing, I think it's it's slowly gelling now. You know, they're, they're sort of currently sitting third or fourth in the Premier League. Yeah. They're looking quite comfortable there. They're doing well in the Europa League. Um, I, I think potentially they could be up there for winning it if they can keep their sort of key players fit. Um, yeah. It will just all depend on, as I say, injuries and whether or not they get more favourable draws or not. Mm.
2: Yeah. Crystal Palace are after a replacement for Van Anhol. Yeah. And the replacement is my. Mate, Why are they getting rid of Van Mr. Van Marcus Anhalt? Alonso? Do you feel up? Like, by the end of the season. Uh, he's out of contract. That's all I'm aware. He is indeed, yeah. So from I'm guessing they don't want to renew it. I don't know if it's been said they don't want to, but it is saying. Um, yeah. I, yeah, they want to replace. I've, I've been Van surprised Alonso by that, Alonso. to be
1: honest. Um, Obviously, Tyreek Mitchell has done a job at left-back. Now, whether or not that's because Hodgson doesn't favour Van Arnold now or he thinks he's too old or Van Arnold wants too much money for a contract renewal, I don't know. Um, I don't know. I I personally don't know if it's a a good move for them or not, really. I mean...
0: Yeah, it's he can, uh, um, but I think they're trying to get him
1: back as well. further forward, I think. Um, I know at times, last season, yeah. before Eze came in, they had Van Arnholt at left back, Schlopp at left wing, and they had Zahar up front with Ayu, which meant that you sort of had cover from either Schlopp or Van Arnholt, yeah. but you also had them uh, that attacking prowess down the left as well, and both of them are really, really quick, so... Compared to Alonso, where I, I just don't think he's got the pace for the, the champ, uh, for the Premier League um, anymore, I, I just think that would be a mistake to get rid of Van Arnold To be honest, yeah. Do you like yeah. Van Arnold oh, more I than like Alonso, Van though? Arnold, to
2: be fair. Um, moving on. Go on.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Good question. I think. I think. If I have to, I'll say. Alonso's probably a better defender yeah. but a, yeah, yeah, definitely. Van Anoult's a better going forward in my opinion. Mm. To me, they're two different left backs, I feel. Yeah.
1: Um,
2: moving on to, for some Man City gossip. Uh, two bits for Man City tonight, mate. We've got Guardiola oh, okay. is closer to yeah. sign a new deal with Man City. So that's good news for Man City, obviously. Uh, and the second bit for them is they're plotting a 100 mil bid for Grealish and Luis as <laughs> um, a double on Villa next summer I mean what, what would you make of that move for Jack Grealish and Douglas Luiz do you reckon that'd be a great move for them I I feel to me it'd be a bit more if Grealish goes you're not going you kind of to get much same time, time Foden, the bench, then? like a Chelsea you know like a Danny Drinkwater at Chelsea because I don't see, see hey, that's a good good question mate This is a very good I think question. Grealish
1: is having a very very good season don't get me wrong or... but I'd have Foden mm. Well, is he is he well, that? That's, of playing but that's what he's doing now. Further
2: though.
1: on up as a 10, um, he's having him go further forward, and De Bruyne is sort true, of sitting true. closer to the middle and sort of spraying the passes out. Uh, I think if you were to have Foden yeah. and Grealish, that'd be a very good one two punch, but you'd have to look at the likes of probably Bernardo Silva and Gundawan going to sort yeah. of cover that, that sort of cost. Yeah.
2: I, mean, I Well, I think Jack Douglas Luiz is a it. more defensive-minded sort Ruiz of midfielder,
1: um, and I, I just think he probably wants to sort of be gone with. I don't know. He may need cover for Fernandinho, Gundogan. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. He's just—he's not as good as he was sort of when he first came into the Premier League, um, so he could be looking at replacements there. Um, yeah, I, I just—I don't see where that comes from. I really don't. Uh, I think if they were to offer sort of 75 or 80 million for Grealish, oh, no. I think it might be too good for Villa to turn down. Mm. Um, I don't think Grealish is worth 100 mil though. Yeah, well, I do. Um, I but do. I definitely feel it would be something around that I, I would feel for Villa to sort of turn around and say yes. And the question is, you know, can they find someone that will do a better job than than yeah. for that side, so
2: yeah, yeah. I think if, if uh, they could, they're gonna to have to spend the big money, and it could be yeah, close to 100 million mark. Because you have know, to, spend to bring in one player back, clubs
1: aren't stupid. They they will see that you've just sold an attacking midfielder for 80 million. So if you come calling for one of their attacking midfielders, they're gonna turn around and go, we ain't selling him to you for anything less than 75.
2: Yeah. I mean, the only other option with that, Jacko, is if they did sell um, Grealish, could that be a possible uh, move for Barkley to sign a permanent deal? Maybe. And again, like you've just said, will Chelsea... No, Barclay I don't think they, they will.
1: Barkley's 26-27 now, if not a little bit older. Um, mm-hmm. And... He, mm, I mean, if you um,
2: price-tagged him, what would you put him at?
1: It depends how many, how long he's got left on his contract. Um, I think if I, I think yeah. he's on his way out, I think Chelsea wanted want to get rid of him to bring in other players. Um, they'd probably want twenty five, maybe thirty mil for him. Yeah, yeah
2: I, I, think, I think I'd probably pay that
1: because he's still a decent player. I think that's what they they, they they'd sort of be expected to sort of pay for him. Um, if they were to get him, get him for less, that would be an amazing deal for Villa. It really, really would. Because it would keep the majority of that, that that expenditure, if they were to go for that sort of amount of money for Louise and uh, Grealish, that they could bring in, um, I don't know, maybe sort of another couple of better players out on the wing, another sort of defensive-minded centre-fielder. Um, you know, maybe sort of invest in another a couple of centre-backs? I know Conter and Mings are doing really, really well for them. But outside of that, have they got a couple of centre-backs that are good enough? Yeah, Um, yeah, so you you know, it's a it would be a good investment strategy if Man City were to come in for £100 and they were to get Barkley on the cheap. Um, As I say, I think Chelsea wants... Chelsea have got enough there without Barkley and Loftus-Cheek hence why they've sent them out on loan. So, yeah, I I just feel that they'd probably get a good deal if they were to get him for £20 or something. Yeah. Mm.
2: Now, this is one what's um, really surprised me today. Um, Spurs wanting to re-sign Christian Eriksen from Inter Milan. I mean, Um, surely they're not going to go back, or he's not going to go back there. Considering how much game time he got under Mourinho, it wasn't a great I deal. I think
1: that, you know, you have to sort of look at the documentary that they had on Amazon to sort of get a bit of a better idea of that. Mm. There was a stumbling block over his wages, which is why, and it was the same with Aldo Vareld and it was the same with the Tommy. Levy obviously didn't want to pay him as much as they expected or as Ericsson or, or these players expected. Yeah. So because they couldn't agree to a deal and they wanted to sort of not lose out on money in the summer, they sold him to Inter for however much it was. Now, guarantee, if they were to go back for him, they'd have to pay more than what they sold him for. And it still brings up the question of, can they afford his wages? Now, if they were to swap him for Ali, um, or Ali was to go Mm -hmm. maybe Manchester City, um, and they get, I don't know, maybe 60-70 million for for Ali, then yeah, they'd probably be able to afford Ericsson. But again, it depends on what Mourinho does. Because, you know, I, i Eriks is what thirty now, Um, if not a little bit older. So yeah, it's going to be a tough one. Um, Mm. As a Spurs fan, though, would
2: you want to see him back?
1: Well, Spurs are doing. Really? Um, No, no, he's twenty-eight. Eriks twenty-eight, so. Yeah, he's he's got maybe five five years left in him, maybe six. Um, I think if they could keep Bale and they were to have Ericsson behind that and you have Son and Kane and you've got two sound defensive midfielders and you've got two sound centre-backs, I I think that Spurs side would be a very, very good side. Yeah. Um, I think if they could get Bale, if they can get Bale fully fit and Bale firing, I think that three, that that attacking three, I still maintain would be one of the best in the Premier League, if not the best. Um, I think. Yeah, yeah. Mourinho likes a certain style of player, likes a ser- likes a player to have a certain sort of work rate. Whether or not Ericsson would be able to give him that, I don't know. Um, but I, I just think there was a lot to do with his contract and outside of playing time that caused that issue with Spurs and Eriksson last year. Um, yeah, I
2: mean, I think well, Eriksen would probably you know, look to go Ericsson, back as well I'm sure he's probably missing um, the print. You know, er-
1: Eriksson had a good season last year. He got to the Europa League final with Inter. Um, I still feel Inter... Didn't play well enough to win that. I still think Inter should have won the Europa League last year. Um, they've been a, Inter have become a bigger side in Serie. A. Um, I know they've not started off well. I, I, they say started off great. They've they've got twelve points from the first sort of seven games, and they're five points behind AC. Now, if if they want to sort of try and push to sort of compete with AC Milan. They probably need to offload some of the wages and sort of bring in fresher players. So, yeah, it's a tough one. Um, I I just don't know if it would be worth it financially for Spurs to bring him back.
2: There we go. Um, I know we spoke about Liverpool, but I forgot to add this one in now. Obviously, they've got loads of injuries. Daryl Yammer. Liverpool have been offered Yammer on a free. They have indeed. So the former Newcastle and Watford mm. right back, Daryl Yamat. Now it doesn't say if they've accepted the offer to take Yamat, but I no. mean, would, you, no, be
1: I me you, fan, would um, you be happy with that if
2: you were a Liverpool fan? Would you be happy with Daryl Yamat? Liverpool's
1: community? youngsters. There's some. There's some good youngsters coming in there, and they've they've, turned, they've they've pulled up trees over the last couple of seasons. You know, he, he mm. gave the kids the FA Cup It's basically said, that's your mode. For playing football for Liverpool's first team, and they played well in it. Um, you know they've got the likes of of Nico Williams, Reece Williams, Phillips. I think there's another kid, Phillips. There. They're all thereabouts. Now, yeah. if they want cover, they've got it. If they want a starting centre back, I'm pretty sure there's better options out there than Darwin Neme.
2: Possibly, possibly, yeah. I mean, I agree. I mean, the only thing I don't, I, I do agree with what you're saying. I mean, the only thing Oh, that's the yeah. question of: if, if if one of them youngsters came through, and they had to play for ten games or whatever, gee, I don't. Would they have enough quality or pedigree to be playing at that sort of level straight yeah. and like that, rather uh, than? Uh, no, I, I, I certainly I, see where you're I's coming from, but.
1: If he's not used to, you know, he played in Watford and Newcastle sides that were heavily reliant on defending. Whereas at Liverpool, they're pressing from the front, they're they're sort of in your faces, and they're going to have balls over the top for pacey players to run onto. And the question is, is Jan Mack going to be physically fit and quick enough, or positionally sound enough? to cover that and I don't think he is otherwise 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 they would have kept Lovren or no, something okay, like okay, that yeah. and it would have been a lot easier mm. but they got rid of Lovren mm. so I, yeah it is but I don't think anyone yeah, expected Van to, state do, to have that happen to him three four five weeks into a season personally um uh, but then, but then saying that, I think we all said it during the yeah, summer I mean, that yeah. Liverpool needed to invest in the centre half. Yeah. And now, if they're relying on Daryl Yamet to sort of come and rescue them, I, yeah, I, it did, shows yeah. that they didn't focus properly on what they needed to get. Do you reckon they, they might give him? The the end,
2: like if they, you yeah, know, I, right. I
1: think the best option would be to give him a contract to the end of the season. And.
2: I mean let's look at this yeah. though mate Dalian Matt is still a Dutch international um, but he hasn't had a club though since October so not long not long ago Um yeah. he is 31 years of age now like you said has, has he got enough in him fitness wise to keep up with, with the Prem with I don't know people like Sterling running at you Vardy running at you yeah
1: see so I don't think he is
2: for a team like the Champions of Liverpool And then, where do you find him if he does sign? Does he go straight back down the pecking order when all these come back, or does he keep his um, spot in the team? I know it depends on how he's been playing, but
1: I, I personally think it would I be just, a mistake uh, signing him. I, I I'm in between. They need it because, as I said, they didn't invest in the centre half in the summer, and with what's happened to Gomez and, and Van Dijk, they obviously now need that cover. I just feel that I just feel it would be a backward step if they were to bring in Yammer. Personally. There we go. Uh,
2: Moving on to Championship. Obviously, earlier on in the week, Gary Monk got the boot from Sheffield, which I was Uh, quite shocked shocked about. They've now appointed Tony Pulis as their new manager. Um, (laughs) I mean, what what do you make of Pulis and what do you make of Monk? If it was Millwall, Jacko, would you go Pulis or would you go Monk?
1: Uh, Personally. I'd, I'd be happier <laughs> Would you be with more me happy Charles with Charles? To be brutally I'd be more
2: happier than with Monk.
1: I wouldn't want neither of them near my club. Neither. Of them. <laughs> no. Um. No. P- Peunis has got either, a style. I think if, if I had to choose, that's how he does it. Um. Whether or not yeah. that that change will be hmm. better for Sheffield Wednesday or not, you don't know. Um. I think. Monk being sacked after they've been given half of their points back and then getting a draw against a Millwall side which to be fair yeah. Sheffield, Sheffield Wednesday were the better side. We were shot. So,
0: mm.
1: so I, I just think and there's something dodgy with the that. Bottom of the table. Um, I'm, I'm not a massive fan of Gary Monk anyway. Yeah, I do. But I just feel that he should have been given more time. Mm. Um, I think that yeah, definitely. They, they they were unlucky not to yeah. beat all, um, and the fact that they've not really given any sort of chance to see what would have happened after the point. You know, they they're given what a game after the points deduction. Um, yeah. So I would have probably waited for maybe yeah. sort of two yeah, or yeah, three game, to yeah. see if the confidence and the morale after that bitter news boosted the players. They started playing again, and therefore they you know they've got. They've, they've sort of bounced straight up the table.
2: Yeah, mm. I mean wait, I look at what has Sheffield expected. That's you know, I think I've, in my opinion, yeah. I think Monkey's done a great job since since this deduction. He's took it on. He could have walked away at the start of the season saying, Look, I'm off. But he hasn't. He's stepped there, he's done it, he's took it on. Yeah, they got it half reducted, but yeah. it's still, even with a half reduction, mate, they're off the bottom of the elite table. So, yeah, well, we, we know it, but that. But again, I'm um, a Pewless fan. And I like Pewless. I mean, Pewless, yes. Is it, maybe they brought him in because he's more of a defensive manager. Maybe. Who likes playing the um, long balls. I don't know. If that's their style they want to play, that's their, you know. Yeah. But is that the right style yeah, for the championship? you've got to go in the championship, mate, and score I, goals. And I, like I just Jack, think no. that, that, that
1: team needs a bit more confidence you know, As much it. as you've got a good defence. And I, I think if they come out of the international break, knowing the fact that they were off the bottom with these minus points, they weren't there anymore, they could sort of start afresh and go, right, OK, here we go. Let's let's get the ball rolling. Because what happens if Pulis doesn't win his first three games in charge? Then what? Well, but this is what I mean. So, what was the point of getting rid of well, Yeah, then, he's, then he'll get the boot. You know, mm. Mm.
2: unless again, mate, behind the scenes, and because as much as I like, I think Monkey Sam. Well, he has had a hell of a lot of clubs, and I'm thinking now, is it? It must be something to do with him as a gaffer, because didn't yeah, he have yeah, that big yeah, bust yeah, up bust up with Birmingham him. City, as his assistant manager. His, you his know, assistant
1: um, manager at the time. Yeah, there was well, the you know, mm. I think, yeah, I think Swap there was something Z. there between him and Laudrup. Um, Stuff there. I, I think he sort of, uh, you know, mm. I, I don't know how true it is, but you know, there, there were rumours circulating that he sort of helped influence the board's decision to sort of move Laudrup on. Um. So yeah, I, mm. I don't know. I, I, I just think, give him a chance after they've got this bit of good news, and just see what happens. You know, Millwall have kept the most clean sheets by any team in the top sort of four or five leagues in Europe plus the Championship. In 2020, they've kept the most clean sheets. They've kept 16 clean sheets this Mm. calendar year. They're a tough side to get get anything against. Creatively, Millwall are shocked. But there were times on that game before, before the international break that Sheffield Wednesday had Bealkowski not have been in in fine form, would have been sort of two or three goals up, and I would have sat there and gone, "Yeah, do you know what? That's fair result." Mm. Um, you know, and if if that was the case, would they have sacked him? Yeah, and I highly doubt it would have done. So, I think it's a bit a, a bit preemptive, well, yeah. a bit sort of no, I don't. Not needed. Um, Purvis is a great addition to a backroom staff in the championship. Don't get me wrong, I'm not a big fan of his style of football, but if Sheffield Wednesday get near the playoffs, then it's obviously worked. If not, was there a real point to getting rid of Monk in the first place? So, yeah, I don't, I don't know.
2: Duke, do uh, obviously, now, Pudis, what do you reckon his, well, what his targets have been set as? Do you reckon they've been set as to stay
1: off? Oh, I, I, do you I they're think thinking, they're going to want to push him as high want, as want he a can. Push or um, I think they're going to want to finish top half, if not just outside the playoffs. I know for a long period of time last season, Shuffle Wednesday were in and around the playoffs. It was only sort of, I think it was just before COVID, and then the, mm. the project restart. I think that's when they slipped. Um, so, yeah, I, I think I, I think the board feels that they should be higher up the table than what they, they are now. So, if he doesn't get the playoffs, he may have sort of two or three months at the start of next season to see how it goes, and then. If that's not going well, I could see Poulos out the door there as well.
2: Yeah, I mean mm. I can to be honest with you, mate. I mean it's one of these, and it? One of these jobs yeah. you where know, you feel like whatever manager goes in there. It's yeah, yeah, it is it's, it's, it's a tough job. I mean, can you see can you see Monkey going anywhere yeah. else in the championship? I mean what Let's managers do you feel are under, you know, under watch at the minute. I mean, I know um, we were saying Neil Harris. I mean, yeah, Phil, has.
1: For the international um, schools, I, I think he's got to prove that. A lot of fans wouldn't be happy with that, though, because of the Swansea ties. Um, I think mm. you know, Mark Warburton's not really started off well at QPR. They're 18. Um, yeah, nice. Derby maybe um, is an option there. I think if. Mm. You know, you're looking at Huddersfield, you're looking at Preston, you're looking at Cardiff, whether or not he'd go back to Birmingham, I don't know. Um, you know, there's a, there's a few teams there that if they don't have a good restart after the international break, that there'll be pressure for their managers to get results. And a couple of them may make the snap decision to get rid of them. So, yeah, it's um, it's going to be an interesting one.
2: Yeah. Uh, and let's move on quickly to uh, one of what I wanted to speak about as well, mate. Yes. Um, obviously oh, Rich- uh, so, yeah. Richie Wellens left Swindon Town. We spoke to Brett Pittman last week about about that. Um, he hasn't got off to the greatest starts. So he lost his last game. Um, I can't remember. It no. was two nil actually to Bolton Wanderers, who are not in the great form themselves. Do you feel? Yeah. Do you feel that uh, was a bit suspect? I mean, considering he's took Swindon up from League Two. I to don't,
1: League don't four, know. And to he's be dropped honest. back down. Um, if it's a case of, well, it's probably a case of because of what he did at Swindon, the ownership at Salford feel that he would be a suitable candidate to get Salford promoted because he's done it. Before. Um, mm-hmm. yes, they probably should have got a result against Bolton because Bolton have been in free fall for the last sort of two, two and a half years. Um, so, yeah, it's not great, but I'd probably give it a couple more games and sort of because it's going to be a case of he's then got to try and um, get his philosophies, his style, his management messages across to the players. You know, they've they've got to try and invest in that from the off, whether or not they can, you don't know. But yeah, it's it, give him a bit of time and we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Come middle December.
2: And finally, to play us out this week, we have the incredible Jeff Mull. I first heard Jeff perform on the Jake Quickerton's Instagram Live and I had to get him on to play his latest single. So if you'd like to give us a quick insight to your latest song, Enough Is Enough, Jeff, and introduce it for us, that would be great, mate. Yeah, it's my latest release, uh, September 2020. Um, Yeah, Enough Is Enough and it was a pleasure recording and doing the video and like i say it's helped a lot of people so i just hope people can relate share it play it stream it download it and enjoy it that's the most important thing but yeah adam it's been great thanks for having us on man
0: I'm done with all the hurts and lies I only wish it hadn't come to this The poison coming from your lips I wish I knew back when we kissed No matter how long you know I'll keep getting stronger